0: This morning, I want to call my message the second act. The second act, and and uh, and the sort of the subtitle of it is quite an ambitious title. And the title is how to see our city fully healed. (laughs) How to see? I was just like, I, I need to I need to make it clear. Like, what are we trying to get across? How to see our city fully healed. And, and so in many ways, uh, it's going to sound like a, a, like, a, like a message on unity, but it's not directly that. It's going to talk about the effects of unity. And, and sometimes as a pastor, when you, when you jump up and you start talking about things like unity, uh, you know, people think, oh, he's taking it out from the, from the medicine cabinet, a dose of paradol because someone's caught the flu. No, can I just say, uh, I would say this is probably one of the greatest seasons in the life of downpour where there is absolute unity. Uh, In fact, I've been hearing that word over and over in this season than any of the seasons we've had in the past. In the past, I would say it, but now I'm hearing the church say it. And you know, when the church is saying it, it's really happening. And so this is not one of those, but, but I guess we are on a path of unity. And I just want to talk about if we continue to be on this path, what the outcome is going to be. So I'm going to do something a bit risky this morning in the sense I'm going to uh, read from, usually I read two passages of scriptures, but I'm going to read from three. Uh, and so can I encourage you to maintain your focus once we go past the second one? Is that okay? But if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 8 verse 41. It says then a man named Jairus a leader of the local synagogue came and fell at Jesus' feet pleading with him to come home with him his only daughter who was about 12 years old was dying as Jesus went with him he was surrounded by the crowds a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding and she could not find no she could find no cure coming up behind Jesus she touched the fringe of his robe immediately the bleeding stopped who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it. And Peter said, master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me. I like that. Someone deliberately touched me. We're going to come back to that later on today. For I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized she could stay, she could not stay hidden anymore. She began to tremble and fell to her feet, uh, fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, Jesus said, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the the leader of the synagogue. He told him, your daughter is dead. There is no use troubling the teacher now. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith and she will be healed. When they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, James, John, and the little. Uh, girls father and mother the house was filled with people weeping and wailing but he said stop the weeping she isn't dead she's only asleep I mean if I don't say anything else that is a message right there she isn't dead she's only asleep that situation you're facing in life it's not dead it's only having a nap but the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice my child get up and at that moment her life returned and she immediately stood up Then Jesus told him to give her something to eat. I want to read now from Psalm 133 verse 1. It says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hamon was falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows, commands His blessing, even life, forevermore. Can I read one more, please? Downpour Church. I beseech with you, therefore, brethren, please, can I read one more passage of Scripture? Acts 5, verse 14, it says, Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that all at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. So we've read three passages of scriptures this morning. You're like, one's talking about a healing of a lady, an issue of blood. another's like this unity thing and there's Aaron in there and Mount Hermon in there. And then I'm talking about Peter's shadow. And you begin to look at this and you sort of begin to wonder, what are the correlations in these scriptures? Two of them you find that people were healed. But I think as you begin to investigate the text, you will begin to read in into a pattern. And what I begin to notice in Luke chapter 8 was this lady touches the hem of the garment of Jesus without even having a point of contact with his hands and all of a sudden she gets healed. What I read in Acts chapter 5 is Peter's shadow, literally his shadow falling upon people is causing for people to be healed. And so conventionally when we read that we'll start praying for our garments we'll start praying for our shadows we'll start looking for preachers whose shadows can go shadow boxing with other people you know that is the typical methodology of understanding some of these stories and that is has been my journey all along oh god anoint me so much that when i when i jump up on the stage and without me saying a word i just walk like this and my shadow would fall on jared and his hair will begin to grow back you know what i'm saying it's like like i can say that because he's my brother so 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 it's like we you know we 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 read scriptures like this and we we sort of think that way or or, or god if if i was at the cafe and without just even saying the name jesus you know uh, someone by mistake touched me now it's social distancing so they had to run into me bump into me but as they touched me fell under the power boom it was like wow and that's a great way to think about it but as you read the text deeper I think scripture is pointing to something greater. What stood out to me was the fact that it wasn't that ladies, she, she didn't have an appointment. It was, not, it was not designated. She was not meant to be prayed for. What stands out to me in the story of Peter, Peter's shadow was those people there. Peter was perhaps unaware. It was other people's fate that caused them to position themselves or lay people at the side of where Peter was walking. And what stood out to me was the fact that healing was happening on the edge. And, 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 and it began to make me think about how sometimes we can have a great service and a great meeting right here in the front row or the second row or the third row or even at the last row. But it began to help me dream about a church that would impact the city so much that what was the oil that was in the house of the church would flow into the city that if we could begin a dream in such a way that 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 the that the spirit of god is so powerful so tangible that it would not just be on the head or the shoulders or the or all or the all or the or the hands or the chest but it would go all the way down to the feet to the robe to the edges i'm talking about oil on the edges in fact, I wanted to I wanted to call this message so many titles I had. Oil on the edge, keep the don't stop the flow. I had so many things going through my head because I was just like, how do I communicate to people on this? And I finally landed the plane, sort of. It's I feel like it's still in transit, the plane, but I sort of stopped it at this this thing called the second act. And I'll talk about it why, why I came around it. But I want us to understand that. There, is, there are promises in Scripture that talks about times and seasons, and these are Scriptures that we can point to where the power of God, the presence of God, that if we had that kind of anointing, if you could use that word, that people would not even, at the hotel, our presence here would cause people that were having breakfast, that as they were chewing on their croissants to suddenly start crying and saying, I do not know why, but I think I feel the presence of God. I'm talking about the kind of anointing where people would drive by and all of a sudden begin to wonder why do I feel like turning the car to this place and park this way and come into this basement meeting and join the service. I'm talking about that and let me assure you that there's been time and time moments in history that they recorded of people doing things like that. And a lot of times the tendency is to point to the person on the platform, to point to Peter, to point to Jesus, to point to Paul, to point to the person doing it. I read, I've been reading uh, and I love church history and I was reading about just different people, even just not not in mention, obviously people in, in this day, not in this day and age, but past in history. This guy called Alexander Dowie who had this, called this thing called the city of Zion, which got a bit complicated later on. I won't go there. But he began to create this city that he was so believing for healing that, 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 that the health levels there were so high that during his time, the, the president of the United States, Theodore Roosevelt, would have holidays in the city of Zion for a week or two because it says that when he drove into that place, he would have so much peace. That, that the presence of this, of this church, this congregation, whatever you want to call it, caused leaders to, to the 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 shadow of their building, the shadow of their presence caused leaders of the land to experience peace. Or I can talk about the time of John G. Lake who had such an incredible ministry and we can go stories and stories upon his influence. But they say that during his ministry in the United States that Spokane, Washington was first called the healthiest city in the US and later on the healthiest city in the whole world because so many people were healed it was absolutely incredible newspaper articles upon newspaper articles of the worst cases that the hospitals couldn't deal in would go into the healing rooms of John G Lake and so we buy books of John G Lake we buy books of Smith Wigglesworth we buy books of Alexander Dowie but I have another theory I'm not saying that they were not anointed I'm not saying that they did not pay the price. I'm not saying that they were called by God because we know that the Bible talks about apostles, prophets, pastors, leaders, offices that God puts upon people. But the theory that I have and I find in Scripture is this thing called unity. Because wherever I seen God move, there was always a deep level of unity that is superior to where you find elsewhere. And I would propose to you that the place where Alexander Dowie was, the place where John G. Lake was, that there was a spirit of incredible unity, the place where Peter ministered, there was such incredible harmony and unity that the oil did not just stay and linger on the head, but it also went down to the garment. I've got a bottle of oil here. And since I've been picking on Jared, Jared, why don't you stand up? I know you didn't sign up for this, but we're going to pour this oil all over you now. No, I'm not joking. I'm joking. Why don't you face us this morning? Why don't we face us? But literally what my Bible is saying in 133 Psalm is how good and pleasant it's for us to dwell in unity. It's like the oil that I'm not going to pour. I'm just going to sample. It's like the oil that pours. (laughs) I'm tempted. But it's like the oil that pours down. It says on the head of Aaron. On his beard, come on. <laughs> on his beard, all right? Beard wax. And then all the way here, all the way here, all the way, all the way to the floor. And literally, God says, and that oil, there's an association between the oil, which is the anointing, which is the presence of God, which is whatever. And God says, how pleasant it is for us to dwell in unity. Thank you so much, Jared. You've been spared from this moment, but the service is not yet over. Anything can happen. But here's my point my point is this that so many times we pray, God anoint us. And I feel like the Lord says, stay united and I'll anoint you. You focus about being united and I'll keep you anointed. Lord, anoint me, anoint me. You stay united and you'll be anointed. You stay united and I'll keep you anointed. And you begin to see this, this in, in, in the Bible, this whole pathway but there was such a... And, and you know, when you use these words like united, it's not about like, oh yeah, pastors saying people need to listen to the vision more. People need to be tweeting more. People need to be Facebooking more. People, That's not what I'm talking about. That's not unity. Those are the, the behaviors and their cultures and things of like that. And you post what you want to post. You tweet what you want to p- tweet. But here's my point. My point is unity is a spirit. It's a spirit that we come together. And can I say this message is so relevant because we live in a day and age. But that is the one thing that's been attacked like nothing else. Leah spoke about the battles that surround us that is keeping us away from the harvest ahead of us. And we get so caught up in the battle of that opinion, that this thing, that situation. And you notice this constantly that, 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 that the, the scripture. That there's this thing of leaders wanting to impart. In fact, the book of Romans says Paul says in Romans one, I I I I, I, I want to come to you so badly because I want to impart into you a spiritual gift. What is he saying? He's saying I want to I want to let that oil flow. I want to let that presence flow. I want to let that 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 touch of God flow among you. And there's a cry throughout Scripture for that oil, for that anointing, for that presence to be so tangible. And my friend, we need it. Now more than ever before. But as I begin to read the text and as I begin to compare Psalm 133 and Luke chapter 8 and Acts chapter 5, I begin to come up with certain thoughts that I think is going to help us in understanding and identifying how unity works. I've come to realize that my commitment to unity, my commitment to alignment causes a greater effect. Let's talk about it let's talk about let's break it down i I, I was i was i was really not sure if i want to share this message this morning uh, because i know you're breathing only half the oxygen you usually breathe and 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 we got to do a few things later today but i'm just going to go there i feel like you've turned up you you've come to have church so let's have church this morning is is that right i want you to notice as jesus is on his way a leader comes called jairus his daughter is unwell He's on his way to her home to, be, uh, to pray for her, to, at that point to be healed, eventually to be raised from the dead. And this lady interrupts the moment, sneaks behind Jesus, touches his robe, touches his garments, touches the robe, the tassels, and literally experiences healing. Now, she had an issue for 12 years. She spends all her, mother, all her money on doctors and everything. Like, she's it's, it's just piled up in debt, all the situation, right? But this is what got my attention. My attention was, how did Jesus notice it? And you're like, yeah, because he's Jesus. Can I propose to you that the Bible says that he was given spirit without measure? He was given oil without measure. So how do you know oil's left you if you've been given oil without measure? Because the thing is, the reason why Jesus was able to identify what left him even when he has been given something without measure is because of this thing called alignment. Jesus was aligned in his body, in his mind, and his spirit. And this is the thing that we face as Christians that, we, we come to church and we get excited about worship and we excite excited in our spirits and excited in our hearts but we walk out and our minds come in the way and our physical things come in the way and temptation comes in the way but can I say when there's an alignment within ourselves I've come to realize the times God does things in my life the most is when I'm aligned. I'm not talking about alignment with Downpour Church. I'm not talking about alignment with your spouse. I'm not talking about alignment with the church of Jesus Christ. I'm li- literally just talking are you aligned? Because most of you your mind and your spirit are two different people. You go to counselors thinking you've got multiple personality syndromes. No, it's not that. Your spirit has been renewed, but your mind is not. So, your spirit wants to worship Jesus, your spirit wants to go after God, but your mind creeps in and says this and says that. And so, there is disunity begins not outside, disunity begins within. And so we got to understand that we need to be synchronized. And I've had this in my mind. I'm not saying that we've got to be robots and give up will and give up that. But I want, I want you to know that there's a place in God where you can surrender every thought. You can surrender every emotion to the word of God. And all of a sudden an alignment comes in. And I believe the reason why Jesus was able to identify what was happening was because there was something in him that, that was fully synchronized to the vision. And hence he was sensitive to the need. He was fully synchronized to the vision so he was sensitive to the need. There was a season in in downpour where there were needs happening in our church. And I just didn't know about it. And unfortunately, there were times when I was the last person to know about it. And I'd be like, what kind of a leader am I? What kind of a pastor am I? Oh, how did I not know about it? Why is it that I'm knowing about it eight months after? Everybody's playing, you know, around me talking about it. I do not know what's going on. And all of a sudden, I begin, to, I begin to sense God say to me, it's because the whole body was not aligned. The arm's not talking to the leg. The leg's not talking to the hand. The, the shoulders are sort of having a midlife crisis. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I begin to recognize because I sort of begin to beat myself when I begin to realize that if people caught the oneness of vision, the sensitivity to needs would, would, be, would be understood. See, the reason why Jesus identified what was happening was because he was fully synchronized to the vision and hence he was sensitive to the need. He was synchronized to the vision and so he was sensitive to the need. And so sometimes we can be in an atmosphere, in a church environment like this, we're like, can the church not see the needs out there? Maybe you were called by God to see the need out there. The feet knows what it needs. Are you getting what I'm saying? And sometimes we can complain about the needs out there, but if there's a synchronization of vision, all of a sudden the sensitivity of needs rise up. The awareness of needs around us rise up. And I think it's an important thing that we get a hold of this because our our body, our mind, our spirit must become in sync. And so my prayer for us this morning is not just, oh, let's let's just talk about let's just quote the downpour vision five times and get it in our blood and get it in our brains. And that's how my prayer is. My prayer is let's 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 be in sync here. What do I believe? Where's my heart at? Is Jesus the Lord of my life? Does my life align with the word of God? Are my thoughts reflective? If my thoughts were to be played on a screen, what would they reflect? If my thoughts were made a movie, what kind of rating would it need? Horror movies? (laughs) Homicidal, suicidal, all sorts of movies being played. Anyways, kids, hopefully it's a kid's show. Let's, let's, play. let's pray, it's a kid's show, all right? Sesame Street everywhere. So, <laughs> big birds running in your brains now. So, <laughs> there's a synchronization that we need. Synchronization. Synchronization causes the vision to flow. Synchronization causes the oil to flow. And so, you might begin to ask the question, how does this, how does this, uh, how does this relate to me? I'll tell you how this relates to you. When you go out there, on a Monday, when you go out there on a Tuesday, when you go out there on a Wednesday and you see a a need, is, is that something you can respond to? And I think so many times we leave it to somebody else or that's their problem or that's their issue. No, no, no. It's actually yours. If it's come on your table, if it's come on your database, if it's come in front of you, that's probably something you want to get in. I'm not talking about a downpour thing. This is literally, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not calling, I'm not called to make good downpourians. I'm called to lead Christians. I'm called to lead followers of Jesus. And so I'm just saying in your world, in your day, are there needs around you that probably your spirit has seen for too long, but you've not been in alignment but the day of new beginnings is when the supernatural begins to look logical to you when circumstances around you you're just sort of like that that seemed impossible but now it seems logical to me because all of a sudden there's an alignment that comes in place and so my question that to you to us this morning is are we aligned are you aligned within yourself the second thing i've noticed about disunity is disunity comes in many forms disunity comes in many forms I want you to notice that there were many around Jesus. And and for this, this morning to really get this, communicate this message across, I don't want you to just see him as Jesus, but I want you to know that Jesus had a body and that body called Jesus was the body of Christ. Are you with me? Now the church is called the body of Christ. So you're seeing there's a correlation here. When the miracle happened in Luke chapter eight, there were many around Jesus, but only one person got healed. Can I propose to you that she was, the only, she was not the only one in need of a healing? In fact, Jesus says, who touched me? And Peter says, they've all been touching you. They've all come in contact with the vision. They've all been in com- contact with the spirit. They've come all in contact with the oil, but only one person got the oil. They touched the oil, but they got no oil on them. But Jesus says, no, but somebody deliberately touched me. See, when you reach out in the spirit of unity in that way, even heaven looks back to see who had that spirit. Unity is so rare that even heaven pauses to have a stare. Oh, that rhymed and that wasn't even planned. Unity is so rare that even heaven pauses to have a stare. It's like, who is that person? Who are those two people united? Who's those two people with alignment? Who are those two people that are coming together? You know, and this is why Jesus says, for when two or three are gathered, first he said three, then he was like, make it two, just in case. (laughs) (laughs) I just need two to agree. Two or three are gathered, I'm there. The the, the flow that comes when there's unity. And and I want you to understand disunity has many forms. See, a lot of times people think disunity is toxicity. But can I say to you, disunity is also being disfranchised. Disunity is is a sense of being See, They were connected to the body, but they were disfranchised from the body. They were around the Savior, but they were disfranchised from the Savior because disunity, my friend, has a posture. Some of the postures of, of disunity is being neutral. Ah, I'm just neutral. Some of the postures of disunity is ordinary. Ah, oh, is this another day? Is this another week? Is this another time together in God's presence? Some of the, some of the some of the postures of disunity is dragging previous experiences. I really get confused when people start telling me about their previous experiences from other churches. Now I can say it because I think I'm with family this morning. Can I go there? So I want you to know I have I've had this situation where people come to me and say, Pastor, I really struggle uh, because. You know, the last pastor did that to me. They did this to me. So I want you to imagine this. Imagine I come to you and say, I really want to pastor you. But the last person I pastored, they unfriended me on Facebook and they stole money from the offering. Are you getting this? Now, the good part is I can preach this way now. I couldn't do this six months ago, but I can go there now because I feel we've cleaned up and the unity level is high. So I'm preaching to the choir. So it's okay. i I have a i have a real problem when if i can go there for a minute i have a real problem when people bag hillsong church when did hillsong church become god see hillsong church has a special office has a special unique quality has a special unique calling. Downpour Church is a special office, has a special quality, has a uniqueness about it. If you think we are God, there's a real issue. We are just the body of Christ, a part of the body of Christ. And so let Hillsong be Hillsong, let Downpour be Downpour, let Planet Shakers be Planet Shakers, let IC be IC, because let me tell you, if there's one time we need each other, if there's one time we need to be lifting each other, if there's one time we need to be championing each other, it is wrong right here, right now. And, and, and there's, a, there's a move that's going around the church just destroying ministries, putting blogs up and stuff like that. This whole cancel culture is from the pit of hell. Because the devil said, I can never destroy the church, but I can disunite them. Wow. Gossip is like harming yourself expecting the other person to die. We have hotlines for self-harm. I wish we had a hotline for gossip because that's exactly what we're doing to the body of Christ. We butcher ourselves, we amputate ourselves, and we do it in the name of the Lord. Wow. That's wow. true, isn't it? Because church, I believe, I, 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 have, a, I have a picture of what I see Churches to be 10 years from now, 15 years from now. And if there's any time we need a move of God, if there's any time we need revival, it is right here, right now. But revival begins with a buy-in to unity it does not begin with endless prayer meetings it does not begin with all of that all of that is needed but the core part of revival before the holy spirit ever came it says they were in one accord they were united before the holy spirit ever turned up they were united unity before the spirit turned up unity before the oil began to flow and can i say downport church i love i can smell the air and i can smell unity I can smell it. And I feel like, I, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir and it's a joy to be preaching to the choir. You're looking great in your choir robes this morning. But can I say while we are at it, let's stay on course to the path of unity because we need it. And if there are people in other churches talking to you about their church, Tell them, encourage them, say, hey, you know, let's be united. Let's champion each other. Pray for your leaders. Pray for your pastor. Get around them and let's see a move of God in Brisbane, in Queensland, in Australia, and to the ends of the earth. I think it's so important because the enemy, that's how he operates. He tries to disfranchise. He'll, he'll try to kill the oil wherever he can. If, if he can't get it in the arm, he'll get it in the feet. If he can't get it in the feet, he'll get it in the shoulder. And can I say to you, it is such an important thing. The other day I was in uh, Starbucks and I saw, saw the menu and I saw something really interesting. Egg Benedict Panini. And in bracket it put cage free. Chicken toasty. RSPCA approved. Grilled vegetable sandwich. Vegan approved. I'm serious. This is this is on the Starbucks menu. Now there's nothing wrong in that. RSPCA, praise God. We have a person on our board who only eats caged eggs, Ian Kempster. But but it's a joke. But my point is this: I was looking at the menu. Listen to me. I was looking at the menu and I was thinking, is this what the world has come to? Imagine Sister Susie eating a chicken all of a sudden spitting it up. Is this RSPCA approved? Imagine. Brother James having the eggs is like, wait a minute, this, this, this egg looks like it's been abused in a cage. <laughs> no, I'm being funny. But we do that with our theology. Is Pastor Alvin Theos you or is he Alpha Crucis? Oh, yeah. <laughs> is, he, is he this, is he that? And can I say, no one's ever going to perfect it. But where the oil gathers, there is always a little bit of Grease. And the problem is we should never let the oil gather too much. We need to spread the oil. We need to reach out. We need to go out there. If you feel like you're walking around Greece, it's because you've been sitting in oil as opposed to spreading the oil. Hey. And so I want to encourage us that, that this thing called unity, is it doesn't come back. It just keeps flowing. It keeps flowing. And when it begins to flow, it begins to become so powerful and what i love about the story is this lady she gets around jesus and does it the whole way the whole way it's done wrong but she makes she puts an oil she puts a demand on the oil and what i love about the story is i want you to picture this with me luke chapter 8 could have been a very different story luke chapter 8 could have been jesus went woke up went out there was a big multitude they gathered around him they were all touching him jairus came Jesus went to Jairus' home, lady raised from the dead. And Luke chapter 8 would have just been a story of a big crowd. But when the lady touched the garment, she she changed that from a crowd service to a church service. See, her faith in the anointing, her faith in the edge, her faith in the ability to tap into, I may not be able to meet the senior leader, I may not be able to get time out with so and so whoever's who in the zoo but I can at least be in a service I can at least be in the neighborhood and my faith can rise up to a place where I can receive the touch of God see it was her faith that and, and what I love is the story it was it was an anointing that floated the edges but it went all the way back to the head because Jesus said who touched me See, can I say to you, you may not have, you, some people are like, I, I wish I could get the right seat in the church. I wish I could get the right uh, role, the right ministry office. Can I say, if you have the faith of this lady, your pastor may not turn back, but heaven will turn back. Jesus will turn back and all of heaven will back you. And let me tell you, you can be, you can be catalytic in shifting things, shifting atmospheres just because of your commitment, not just to the presence of God, but also to the spirit of unity. The spirit of unity. The spirit of unity is such a powerful thing. And I want to read one more passage of scripture talking about this whole shadow kind of healing, this whole robe style healing. This another one I want to read from Acts chapter 19, verse 11 and 12. It says, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. No, again, when I read it, I'd be like, if that man of God could just send me his apron. If, the, if, the, if that person could just send me their mask. No, please don't. But, but you know, I don't have an apron, so I'm just going to use the mask. And, and we built ministries around aprons and, you know, $20 and an apron's coming your way, you know. And I'm not doubting that. I've actually seen God move where people have received that and all sorts of things. There's no distance in the kingdom of God. But what I want to point out in the story is what it says in verse 12. It says they had handkerchiefs, aprons that had touched him. But look, look what it says. They were what? They were taken. So somebody took them. It was not just good enough for Apostle Paul or Apostle Peter to be praying for stuff, but someone took it to somebody. To me, they're the real hero in the story. And I asked the question this morning was it the anointing that was on Peter's shadow? that healed the people? Was it the anointing that was on Paul's knees that healed the people? Was it the anointing that was on Jesus' robe that healed the people? Or was it the people's faith in the fringes? Was it the people that lived in the shadows that had a faith and confidence and bought into an incredible spirit of unity that knew with confidence that when we are united, what is on the house comes upon my house what is on their life will come upon my life what is on their marriage will come upon our marriage what is on their kids will come upon their kids i don't need a covet i just need to unite are you with me and 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 so we've got people that talk about the incredible presence of god these men and women carry and i agree and i'm not diminishing that But in the same token, I believe it was also an incredible spirit of unity that surrounded each of these individuals, that they just had this confidence, this belief, this hope. And let me tell you, God always moves according to our measure of our faith. Because they had faith in the shadow, God used the shadow to heal. Because they had faith in the handkerchief, God used the handkerchief to heal. Because she had faith in the tassels, God used the tassels to be healed. But faith was motion because of a spirit of alignment to unity and I think we got to understand that because it is such a powerful thing and sometimes what happens is I, I, and I've been I've been struggling I've been struggling and it's not a bad struggle it's a good struggle because I've been telling God that I don't want to lead the church and build the church like I thank God for what he's done with us in the past but I see something different in my spirit and what, I would, what I've been noticing is that, you know, you've got the people, I mean, it's all changed now, but generally in church life, you've got the people in the first four rows, they're amening you, mostly because they're leaders or they're paid to do it, or they're your friends. You, they, they, you'll unfriend them on faith. All, all these conditions. Then you've got the middle row, they're sort of there and they're just sort of checking it out. Then you've got the last, I mean, I can say this because Lee's in the last row, so it's not, it's not our condition. You've got people in the last row, they're in the fringes, they're checking the church out. Then you've got people, out, and I said to God, God, Lord, I would love to lead a church that carries the same amount of faith in the front row as it is in the back row. That that that, that our faith and our pursuit. And our oneness and our connection would be so incredible that it would be so tangible, it would be so attractive that the world will know that God is among us. There will be such a presence upon us that it would not require for people in the front row necessarily to come and pray for anything and everybody and counsel every situation, but that literally the shadow of our church The shadow of our building, the presence of of, of us in that locality would cause such a cosmic difference in that radius of that suburb that we are in that it would create an impact for the glory of God. And let me tell you, this is possible. The key to that is not prayer, but prayer is powerful. The key to that is not fasting. Let me tell you, fasting is powerful. But the greatest key to that is unity. It's this buy-in It says, I believe it. I believe it. I know it's gonna happen. I believe it. When I went to Africa, the kind of miracles I saw, and I recognized something that when I began to pray for people in Africa, they didn't look at me like a preacher. They looked at me with the same respect that they would have to a doctor. I was like, man, this kind of faith, And that kind of faith comes in because of the buy into unity. So I was telling, I was telling God, God, I want, I want, I want one service. I want one service where, 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 where I want people to literally go out feeling like they've been in the front row. I want people to literally go out feeling like they've completely wholeheartedly represented the spirit of downpour. I want one service where people can, and so I begin to think, maybe I need to pray. I need to pray for handkerchiefs. And we have a handkerchief of handout service. Then I thought maybe maybe the oil, I've been going to houses anointing them with oil. Maybe you just need to give them oil. Downpour oil with a downpour logo. <laughs> downpour, lo- downpour oil out. You're right. Go, go pray for it. Go pray for your car. Go pray for everything. Uh, what, I need something tangible. I'm, I'm not, I know it sounds funny because, because what I see downpour in our next building is that you would be representation, not just of downpour really, that's not the point, but representation of the presence of God wherever you go. That you may, you may not be necessarily a, a, a shoulder in terms of a role, but you may have some place in the body, but you carry as much power, as much authority, as much anointing, as much grace, That you could walk into a situation and you wouldn't need me to pray for somebody that's going through cancer. But that you would lay hands on the sick and they will recover that you would have a friend who's going through this crazy diagnosis, but the spirit of faith, the spirit of unity is so strong that you have the confidence. you have seen, hey, I've seen people healed in my church, and I know I'm not a downpour church, but downpour church is not a building. Downpour church is an army of people. Downpour church is a tribe. Downpour church is a body, and I'm part of that body, and if people are getting healed at my church, they can be healed in my school. They can be healed in my offices. My neighbors can be touched. My city can be touched. And so I thought, we we can't just, you know. And this is what happens every Sunday. I get you excited, get you like you go crazy, you hit the roof. You get into your car. You've grown already by two inches, so you, your head's touching the roof now of your car. And then you're sort of like, oh, what do I do with all this? So I was like, we got to give people something practical. So I have this thing where every every it's almost every week where when I do drive-through or when I buy a meal or something, I shout people their coffees. And the more random they are, the more better. And it's been the most crazy thing that we've done where we've gone uh, coffees for the next five cars behind us and we tell them something like Jesus loves them or love you from Downport Church or some sort of stuff like that. And people randomly message the church Facebook saying whoever did that, that was amazing. Things like that. And it's been pretty amazing. So what I want to do this morning is we've got these cards made up that says a little bit of hope. And it says over here, sparkle some hope within your community, within our community. We understand that this COVID-19 season has been difficult for many, and we felt on our hearts to sparkle some hope into our community. Your coffee, meal, clothing, whatever is on us. And so we want to give this to you. But before we do that, I felt like that's great. But I felt like, no, I want the oil to come from me, to come from downpour. So what we're going to do this morning is we've got ushers stationed all around the room and they're going to give you an envelope. In that envelope is not just this card, but there's also going to be money that we want you to use to bless somebody in your neighborhood, in your community. I feel like Oprah now. <laughs> in, your, in your city and just literally, I just want the oil to flow from here because I can never meet your neighbors. But downpour finances can bless your neighbors. I mean, never be able to meet the person that you're at work, but Downpour can touch them. And you know what I love? We made sure we don't put, yeah, there's like Instagram there, but there's not like a link. There's not too much gospel there. We literally just want a people to feel hope. It's going to be pretty, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Some of you are like, what just happened? So you're like, I usually go to church and they ask me for money. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> this is weird. This is not a trick. Don't you worry. <laughs> So good. Has everybody received one? Fantastic. Now, I wasn't sure if I need to say this, but if you have a need, if you have a need and and what is in there, you need it, you can have it. You can have it. Because the oil needs to touch you too, right? And at some point, keep the oil flowing. But if you're on the other side, you're like, well, that's great, that's enough, but I want to give more. I encourage you to give a bit more. Add on to that oil. So here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to pray right now. If you can stand up, if you can, if you can hold that envelope. And uh, I just believe God's going to move in a powerful way as we do this. That I believe that, you know, I've had, I've had moments where literally this one act, people have said, I was so disgruntled with myself. I was so disappointed with myself. I actually would not have known what I would have done. But this one little act of buying them a coffee, buying them something, just opened opened opportunities. And I'm going to pray this week for conversations of Jesus, conversations of hope, conversations of eternity, conversations of heaven would come, and this would just be an open door for God to do something incredible. Why don't we pray right now? Father, I pray for each and every person, each and every hand, each and every situation, and Lord, I just pray right now, Lord, as this goes out, that this would just not be uh, a great thing that we do, but I believe it is a God thing that we are doing, that Lord, as we go out there and as we, as we spread hope, as we become conduits of hope, so many times we've said, how can God use me? Well, right here right now, God, you're about to use us. You're about to mobilize us. You're about to send us out. You're about to spread us like salt over the city. And Lord, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would do something so incredible that, Lord, that this will fall in the right hands. People that couldn't afford that meal, people that couldn't afford that clothing, people that couldn't afford that coffee, whatever it was, Lord, Lord, let every need be met. And Lord, as our shadow goes around the city this week, as our shadow permeates the room, as our our aprons and our handkerchiefs spread across the city, Lord, I pray, that you do only what you can do, that miracles, healings, breakthroughs will happen. And so Lord, we give you all the glory. We give you all, all the praise. In your name we pray, amen.